1: I'm locked locked up up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that zone will come You will never know what done.
0: Good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3250. That's 3250. Yes, it is. Very proud of the fact that we have 3,250 shows under our belt and still going. Um, tonight we're going to have a special show. I, uh, I I saw the movie. Okay, I saw the movie that everyone's talking about, and um, I'm just so taken by that movie. And it's uh, the Sound of Freedom, which uh, Hollywood had been holding on to for five years before they released it. Why am I going to talk about this movie? Because it has to do with child abuse, and that's what we're you know about here is child abuse, um, to the umpth degree of. Child abuse. So I have with me Lori Purcell. She's my co host, and um, I always vote when Lori's with me. And um, so let me read the mission statement. And then I want to get on to uh, what I found out about this movie and why it's so important, and then also, too, what it does to children. Okay. So I'm Carol Levine, a vice president. Half the time I say it, half the time I don't. <laughs> you all know I run Friday night shows. But anyway, all right. let me read the mission statement. Um, we have a sentence of purpose of at NASCAR, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent and physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. And number one is educating the public especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and it does. Look at our streets today. hmm? You think those kids come from good homes? I don't think so. Okay. Number two is offering hope for healing to numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Uh, Many times I speak about prevention. Uh, The others are just as important. Intervention, how to speak to children, what to say, what not to say. If you uh, think that they might be in harm's way, uh, there is a certain way of speaking to a child so you don't scare them off, for God's sake, okay? Okay. And then on our website, that's NASCA, dot That's NASCA.org. Um, scroll down a little bit, and you'll find the red blocks, as I call them, and each block does have a, a specific um, topic. And all the way over to the right-hand side, not the last block, but the one right next to it, click onto that, because that's where you're going to find your prevention and intervention articles, okay? It teaches you how to speak to your children, what the red flags are, what you can do as a parent. You should role-play first before you speak to your children about the bad things in this world, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, you feel by the time you're ready to speak to your children, uh, you've already role-played enough that you feel comfortable in doing so. And this is, should be, become another part of parenting. It's not good enough just to teach your children to cross the street. That's important and the boogeyman behind the bush who's gonna do whatever he's gonna do, okay. Um, we have bigger things out there. And, and of course people on Nasca we've been through it all, okay. And um and it's important that people understand that it can happen to your child. Just like this you hear that click? Just like that, okay. A child can be taken. Now, I was taken, Bill was taken, uh, there's a lot of people on Nazca who were kidnapped and raped. Um, some go a step further with the, uh, the trafficking. And what I'm going to speak about tonight, which is a true story. This is a true story, okay? Um, the Sound of Freedom. And it's Tim Ballard's story. That's his last name is Ballard. True story of Tim Ballard. And um, after rescuing a boy... ...from the ruthless child traffickers, a federal agent learns the boy's sister is still captive and and decides to embark on a dangerous mission to save her. With time running out, he, he quits his job because at his job where he works, they said, you got the boy, that's good enough. No, it's not good enough. That's what he said, and he's right. And he journeys deep into the Colombian jungle, putting his life on the line to free her from fate worse than death. Now, I just want to put in here, I mentioned last week, I'm going to mention again, that human trafficking is a $150 billion a year industry. A $150 billion a year industry. That's disgusting. And then also, too, I do want to mention uh, Tim Ballard, uh does have an organization and that is um o dot u dot r dot and he also was um or is the C-T- CEO of the underground railroad rescue mission for children and women he's also a former trump appointee in administration okay this is something that they were working on this is very important people because you see um, children, and I'm going to get into that Are uh, missing so often during the course of the day And there's, I'm going to talk about which areas are the worst And uh, what flags to look for And then also how it affects them physically, mentally, emotionally All the things that we speak about Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually um, When they are been kidnapped And, and then tra- trafficked out for God's sake how they, What they think, how they feel, um, the fear factor. Now, everybody knows me as the Tuffy, okay? But at the end of this movie, the Tuffy was crying because that little girl that was on the bed looked just like me. And I started to bawl. I didn't go boo-hoo or not like that, but the tears were dripping down my face. I haven't done that in years. You want to call it triggering? I don't know. Call it whatever you want. It was like reality sitting right in front of me because of my type of life, what I went through. And I'm not unique. All of us on NASCA have our stories to tell. Okay. So what I'm speaking about here tonight um, are, are children, how they feel. All right. Now, I have a list here. What are the fears of human trafficking victims? Victims are taught by their traffickers to distrust outsiders, especially law enforcement. They tell them all kinds of things about our police officers. They're going to kill you. They're going to do this to you. They're going to do that to you. So children are going to be automatically, once they're in captivity of, you know, the human traffickers, okay, Um, they're going to be the bad guys. And then number two, they have a sense for distrust towards government and police, yes. They are afraid they will be deported. A lot of these children that are involved with the trafficking are from other countries. They come over to this country, and they think that they're going to have a wonderful life. This is what their parents tell them, and they believe it. Well, kids get trafficked out in our country. Kids get trafficked out from all other countries, Um, But the ones that come into our country have a different thought in mind that they're going to have a better life, and this is what happens to them. They're standing there. They're waiting for them. They're at the border. Okay. All right, number three, they may fear that it is their fault. This is what the children think. So often children think whatever happened to them, that they had some part that they played in it. It is never, ever, ever a child's fault when they are kidnapped, uh, when they are raped, uh, when they're being physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually abused. It's never their fault, ever. Number four, researchers have found that sex traffickers um, target children with a history of maltreatment, sexual abuse, um, and minimal social support. Okay, That means uh, the parents don't mm-hmm. give them what they need. To to bring them up in a proper way. Children of poverty are more at risk. They lack proper attention from parents. They're being neglected. They tell them to go out and play and don't come home. All right, don't come home until much later. Whatever. Are they watching them? No. So these kids that are out, maybe if they have a bicycle, they're out riding their bikes. And just as it shows in the very beginning of the movie. Kids are being snatched right off of bikes. they just just them right off of bikes. The age that mostly are of interest, okay, to the human traffickers are those that are around 12 years old. They can be younger. They can be a little bit older. But usually they target in on the 12-year-olds, okay? And uh, children of poverty are, are more at risk, and they lack that. Yes, they do, okay? Now, these are fact sheets. If you go to nctsn.org, I'm going to say that again, nctsn.org, you get fact sheets. And what I'm discussing with you tonight is something you can find right on your own. What percentage of missing children are trafficked out? There are more than 365,000 missing children in our country every year. 30,000, okay, I I shouldn't say that, 30%, rather, are being trafficked each year. So 30% of that amount of children, 365,000, are being trafficked out each year, and that's approximately 109,000, okay, 109,000. And 60% are trafficked out. Children are many times from foster care. Why is this? I couldn't tell you that. I don't have an answer for that, but I'm going to find out. Sixty percent of trafficked children are foster youth. That's what it says. These are the facts. Okay, the problem shared, um, Hope International, and this is another one, sharedhope.org, sharehope.org. And what it does is it lists seven problems here, which I'm going to discuss what are five risk factors of human trafficking, five out of the seven? Recent migration, like the people from the border, and then in the homes where there's heavy-duty substance abuse, children aren't being monitored, they're not being loved, they're not being cared for, and they take off. They go outside. Son, you know, they, they become homeless. They run away. Those are the kids that are easy targets for these people out there, the monsters as I call them. Many times children develop mental concerns, and of course they're going to have mental concerns. A lot of them are fearing for their food for tomorrow. Many are afraid to go back home because they don't know what they're going to see when they get back home. There's a lot of, you know, fighting going on, a lot of domestic violence. Okay. And then you have those that are involved with the child welfare system. Okay, so studies show victims suffer from depression, PTSD, anxiety, and suicide, and self-harm. Well, a lot of us who, you know, have gone through all the different types of abuse without being trafficked out, okay, we suffer from the same thing. But you can be sure that those children, I want you to picture, close your eyes and picture for a second. You're a kid that's snatched, and you're in with the traffickers. They're going to traffic you out, okay? And you don't know what your fate is going to be. Some say it's a fate worse than death because you're going from person to person to person to person to person. And they take you many times out of the country. It doesn't matter what country you're in. They're still going to take you out of the country. It could be here. It can be over in China. It can be in in Vietnam. Those are a couple of the countries where it's the uh, most prevalent. So that's something right there. And then trafficking is most common, okay, in China, West Africa, Thailand, and Vietnam. For whatever reason, that's where it is the most, okay, the most. Now, we have our own problems right here in our own country, Many children, like I just said and earlier, um, are, are, are snatched, and you don't know what's going to happen to them. Many of them, I do want to say, are found. Are they alive? It doesn't mention that in the article. It just says that they're found. According to research and experience, out of half a million children that go missing in the United States, nearly are all found. 97.8%. Now, that's of June 21, okay, the year 19, I was going to say 1921, (laughs) 2021, 2021. Now, that's a lot of kids that are found, but what condition are they in? If they're alive, they're going to suffer from the post-traumatic stress disorders, the anxiety, all the things that I mentioned, that is going to happen, Okay. Um, I know that uh, a lot of us here on NASCAR have suffered from panic disorder. I had panic disorder. Uh, I got over it because I got mad at it, and I got so mad that it it finally went away. Nobody else could help me, and no pill could help me. Some say it was mind over matter. I don't know. I don't care what it was. It worked. And all of a sudden, I found my voice, didn't I? (laughs) Okay. So, um, okay, warning signs. Here's the warning signs. These are the warning signs. Um, You appear to be maltritioned. Children who are in captive, in captivity, many times are not, you know, fed properly at all. So they're going to be um, maltritioned. All right, they're showing signs of physical injuries and abuse. A lot of times when they're handed over to someone, they want them to perform certain acts, they're scared, they never did it before, and you can use your own imagination. I'm not going to come out with that, just use your imagination. And what happens is these children then get beaten. Maybe they'll even withhold food from them. Okay. They will not make eye contact. Um, they many times are socially stunted. Now, what does that mean? Socially stunted. That means that they have nothing to be happy about. They don't know how to converse with people. Um, They feel awkward. Um, It's a very difficult uh, feeling to have, to be socially stunted. And that's actually in a mental term. I learned that in in Greystone. You know, it's not just uh, some of the things we know that I've worked with, but that's another one, being socially stunted, Okay. Seeming to adhere to scripted or rehearsed oh yeah, responses and social interaction. What does that mean? That means when someone maybe does try to talk to them, they think maybe they can see there's something wrong with this kid, and they'll just try to speak to the child. Well, the child won't be able to interact in a proper way because they've been told what to say and what not to say, and they're awkward but they come out because they don't want to get beaten. They come out with what they were told to say and what not to say. So it's like rehearsed. Many times, because they are from different countries, they lack official documents, their ID, they don't have any. It's been taken away from them. Now, these are the signs that you can look for. And you can learn all about it from what I was just uh, discussing with you, the places where to go. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'll discuss the movie a little bit here. Before I do, um, Lori, is there anything you want to talk about before I go into this of what Uh, I've said?
1: It's going to be an intense night. Um, You've got a lot of information. and This is a a movie that really moved you. So, Uh yeah, just let it go. I want to hear it.
0: Well, you know, 95% rating, it has a good rating, 95% of people that saw this movie um, were, you know, were touched by it and learned from it. Those that know nothing about child abuse and all that other stuff, they saw this movie and they learned from it. And that's what's so important because that's what we do here at NASA. for God's sake. You know, you're with me every Friday night, just about every Friday night. And we use that as uh, an educational night to give people information on whatever topic. Well, this topic here about children who are kidnapped and then trafficked out, okay, is a topic in itself. Because children can be out playing. And this, again, is how the the movie started. And it, it shows children being grabbed right from their bikes and not being watched properly. And they're gone, Okay, they're gone. And it shows the children in this movie the fear factor. I did mention that last week that I was gonna talk about the fear factor. There is no way that anyone can describe what that fear factor is unless they have been kidnapped and once they're further trafficked it out. Okay. And and they're given to this person and to that person and on and on and on it goes. And if they don't do what they're told to do, they are beaten and starved, and they're expected to perform all different types of sexual acts. They, they're not allowed to have any preference, believe me, okay? They have these people, these people telling them what they have to do. Now, one thing that's very frightening about this whole thing, the way that the movie also opened right after that first scene, seeing children being taken off of bicycles or out playing, how many times do we hear about these agencies who want to take your children in and teach them to be models? How many times? Many times. We've discussed it on this show. So you see a scene. It's quite a long scene. And here's this lady. And what she does, she has put an ad in the paper. And maybe someone else that she works under. Okay. And we will take your child, and we will fix your child's hair, their clothing, and they will be beautiful, and we'll teach them how to become a model, male or female. I think they do put a preference of age in it because, don't forget, they like them when they're 12 years old. So they try to get them, and even the ad reads that they try to get them as, as young as possible around that age, okay? So you see this father who has two children, He has a little boy, and he has a little girl. And you don't see a mother in this family. Now, it appears that what happened is this man, which is how the movie actually starts out, took his children to a modeling agency, and he thought them were all nice and clean, and and her hair was nice and pretty and long and and all this other stuff, and the little boy was dressed very nicely. Well, the lady is very, you know, very congenial. She's a very nice acting person very well-dressed, and she assured this man that um, she was going to work with the children, and he could hear other little children in the background, so there were definitely children in this room uh, of this building. And um, so he figured everything was going to be okay, and he said, well, let me come in and see what you do. And she said, oh, no, we don't let the parents come in because that will distract the children. Okay. We will take care of them and be back here by 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. Now, the father's all happy. He thinks he's doing something good for his kids. He says goodbye to them, gives them a kiss goodbye, and he leaves for quite a few hours, comes back at 7 p.m., and he knocks on the door or rings the doorbell, whatever's there, and uh, nobody answers. So all of a sudden, he becomes very frightened, and he starts to pound with his fist on this door. And he's pounding, and he's pounding, and he's pounding. And, well, for God's sake, they've been taken, along with the other kids that were already in that room. Now, these kids' parents, all of them thought, oh, my God, my kids are going to become a model. Now, it shows inside of that room. Now, these children were cute little kids. Um, but And the girl had long hair, like I said Well, she pushes the, the hair back on one side And pulls the hair all the way around into the front to the other side And then the the, blouse, the little blouse that she had on She unbuttoned it, maybe three or four buttons down And she had a, hair, a headband on She took that off and used a, a little bobby pin or something to keep that hair around So in a more sexual looking type of way this is a little girl, for God's sake. And with the boy, she went over to him, and she unbuttoned his buttons on the, on the front of his shirt as well, okay? And she did, you know, mess his hair up a little bit in a way that she thought would be cuter whatever. And uh, so they have a way of working with the children to make them automatically looking more sexual at their young age. Now, in advance, what happens is the perverts are out there, the bad people. They have this hunger for children. We know this. Excuse me. So they look at modeling agencies like this. Hold on a second. Oh, boy. (laughs) Anyway, they have this modeling agency. I'm going to drink some water. Uh -uh -uh. And what they do with this modeling agency is they, um, they use these children to satisfy the perverts. Now, are they all into trafficking those perverts out there? No. But there's a good percentage of them that are. And at our very border that is so much under discussion today, There are many of those bad, bad people just waiting for the children who are supposed to come across the border and they're supposed to meet relatives on the other side, but they never make it. That's because they got taken. And they could be taken to any country. Okay. We were talking before about China, Vietnam, Colombia, all those other places. They're taken. So what happens in this movie is you see the fear factor of the children as they're being used. Now, there was a special agent, and as I had mentioned before, this is a a true story, and his name is Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard. B-A-L-L-A-R-D. Excuse me. You can look that up, and you will see for yourself. Um, all kinds of information about this man. And um, he's, he became an agent, and he was a part of the Underground. And the Underground is an organization, which I read off earlier, O-U-R. Okay, he's CEO of that, and it's the Underground Railroad, where they go out into the jungles <clears throat> and all these other places to um, to get children who have been kidnapped and trafficked out. And that's the whole story of this guy who actually quit his job because the man that he was working under said, you got the boy, that's good enough. And he went and he got the sister. That's what he was going to do. He decided he's going to devote his life, if he has to, to find this little girl. He was going to get that little girl. That little boy had a neck chain around his neck, which the father, who had come back at 7 p.m. to get his little boy and little girl, had given him, all right, had given her, rather. And, and she took it off as she was being pulled away. She took it off and, and quickly handed it to the little boy. And she said, take this, take this. This now belongs to you. This is yours now. And he said, no, no, Daddy gave that to you. No, no, you keep that. Put it around and don't ever take it off. So this agent met with this little boy and the father, and they they looked at the um you know what he had around you know his neck and, and and all this other stuff. So the agent asked for that that neck chain, and they asked why they wanted to know why, and and the kid didn't even you know blink an eye. He took it off because he could tell he was a he was a good guy. He gave it to him. And so when he embarked on this journey, if you will, along with a few other people that were on his side, and they worked together to go into the jungles, to go where they thought where this girl might be. Now, of course, don't forget, he's an agent, so he had all different types of ways to look up information, and they came across her picture. They called her the pretty one. She was the pretty one. And the pretty one was this little boy's sister, okay? It had a location. So the agent over to that location and made like he was a bad guy. And he got in with people that, um, you know, were traffickers and and all this other stuff. And um, the idea of it was to, to get in with these people and and uh, so that he could get over to where the exact location was with this little girl. They had a picture of her. And he said, oh, what a pretty beautiful girl this is and, and all this other stuff. Oh, you want to see her? Okay. well, and, and they believed him that he was one of them. Okay. So he gets over to where this little girl is. And he's having a hard time trying to figure out which tent, if you will, She's being held in. All these children are being used for sexual deviates. And you see them all sitting around a bonfire, these deviates, and they're all drunk. They're drinking like maniacs and they're laughing and oh, 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 all this stuff. Well, the pretty little girl belonged actually, she belonged actually to the leader of the pack, if you will, of mobsters and disgusting people. Monsters. And what happened was he figured out which uh, tent this little girl, the good guy, figured out which, you know, tent she was being held in. It was a mosquito type of thing. You're in the jungle. You're going to have tons of bugs. So anyway, they had these these makeshift-like tents for them and, and mosquito screens, whatever. So he goes into her tent, and she'd never seen him before. She thought that he was another bad guy, and she screamed. Well, that alerted the leader of the pack that there was something wrong with his, he called him, or her rather, his little girl. So he got up, oh, let me just see why she's yelling. Let me go see what's going on. Let me see what's happening. Let me see what's happening. So he goes and and, um, he had instructed the good guy, the agent had instructed the little girl. He put his his finger to her mouth, and he gave her the neck chain that her brother had. She looked at it. She looked up at him. And then she knew that he was the good guy because only a good person would have this. And he was shaking his head, yes, I'm here to help you. I'm going to get you out of this despicable place. I'm going to get you out of here if it's the last thing that I do. So the monster gets to the tent where she's at. She's laying on the bed because that's all those tents are to have a bed in it for the kids, right? That's it. And she's laying there. And he says, oh, what happened to you? Why were you yelling? Why were you yelling? What happened? What happened? She said, oh, I had a nightmare. She's starting to cry. I had a nightmare. I had a nightmare. And he says, oh, I can take care of that nightmare, can't I? So he pulled his fly down on his pants, and he started to approach her. And the agent attacked him from behind, and they struggled. The agent won. He grabbed the little girl. And because his buddies were down in a boat not too far away, he was running through the jungle like a maniac with this little girl, and all the people were chasing him, all the other monsters that were chasing him. But he made it, just made it to the boat, and away they went. Now, that's the story. There's a lot of things I purposely left out, because I'm not going to tell the whole thing on air. I want people to see this movie. But you certainly get the gist of it. And what's so taking, what's so good about this is that it's a true story. This agent was one of those kids. Trafficking is nothing new. This is something that's been going on for a very, very long time, for many, many years. Just like kidnapping. Bill was kidnapped. I was kidnapped. Many of us have been kidnapped and raped. Some of us didn't come back. Now either we're dead, you only have a certain amount of time after you're kidnapped, you're either going to be killed in that time or you're going to be dropped off and find your way home. Okay. Obviously, I found my way home. (laughs) It was in New York, and Victory Boulevard was one side of my property, and the other side of the property was Signs Road, and we owned all that land in between. So I had a very long driveway. Now, this monster, I found out later on, had actually come in on our property because my mother and stepfather were flower growers. And you either make it or you don't make it. They made it. They were very, very successful at everything that they did because they were both so good that way. Yes, they were. I will give them credit where credit is due. They shouldn't have been parents. And they blamed the thing on me when I was kidnapped. It was my fault, okay? That's why they shouldn't have been parents. So you see, I found my way home. Bill found his way home. His story is different. But these children that go missing every single year, that go missing every single year, they, many of them are found, but are they dead or are, are they alive? And if they are alive, then they have to get into intense treatment. Because they're going to be suffering from all kinds of the horrors that they went through. Otherwise, if they don't, many times they turn into juvenile delinquents. And I have said this before on air, that every job that I had, I would align myself with um, with information because I had, I had been there, okay? I was a juvenile delinquent. I was a very good one. <laughs> I ran away from home. And um, I had reasons for that because I was being sexually abused at home. And before that, I was being sexually abused by an uncle through marriage. Um, and he was, a, he was a predatory. I wasn't his only victim, okay? He was a pedophile. My abuse started when I was six. Now, with the traffickers... They really like a their article does suggest that they'll take any kid actually, but um they really like them around twelve around that age ten between ten and twelve years old and and not any older than that so this is why this movie is so important to NASCAR and to all of uh, of all the organizations that um that work with child abuse. Because it really teaches you step by step I gave you a synopsis of it I gave you an idea of of what you know happens in the movie But the movie is a lot longer than that So anyone out there who's really interested And I hope there's a lot of you In learning about trafficking Now Hollywood held on to this movie for five years Why do you think that was, Lauren? Do you have any idea? Sure.
1: This is like so out there, uh, shocking, of course, personal. People do not want to come out of their little hideaways to even admit that this thing exists. So it's like Mm -hmm. when you had your first book, now we've got this first movie, you know, and I hope those too. more people make more. People do go to movies a lot. So, it should definitely be in there now, as far as what oh my god what you, what you've already told me about this movie um i i how do you even say it uh, i can I can picture it because I knew a girl that was sex trafficked, and the difference that the that she went through um when she was smaller, which I knew her. You know, family was weird, though. To the person who had finally been rescued or let loose, whatever, that girl, man, I don't think she will ever come out of, of the trauma that was done to her. And you know, when these girls are found and stuff, they're just like regulars. And they don't even get them into therapy all the time. You know, they should do it automatically, but some slip through the cracks. But those are still people, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this just brings more that has to be done to get this cause out there and make people more aware of it. They need a place to start. And I think, you know, this movie definitely would start. I'm I'm still interested in it. I mean, I actually um, will look it up and see if, well, first I have to see if Pennsylvania has movie theater where I live. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny though. Um, this would be a movie that I would you know, put on my list for sure. Yeah, well, an amazing it, because story. It,
0: because it oh, it's an amazing story. I think I expressed well the a lot of the highlights, you know. And believe me, I I have been through it all. We all have, Lori. But this movie touched me. Because I think the scene that got me the most was at the very end with that little girl laying on the bed, which I already knew too much about, didn't I, when I was a little kid. Um, The horror on her face. The horror on her face. And um, that's why kids develop panic. And I had such panic disorders. So many of us do. You know? And... um, when children are, are, are sexually and physically and mentally and emotionally and neglected, all the things that we speak about on NASCA, um, when they go through all these things and they either survive or they don't survive, and, and quite frankly, um, children who are in captivity, okay, whether they're being trafficked out or, or they were kidnapped and being held somewhere else, um, many times they do commit suicide, um, they certainly do self-harm um, They may lose their appetite They're probably not being fed right anyway But they may even lose their appetite And not even want to eat some Because many people who are upset actually lose their appetite It can be either or, right? And I don't know what determines that But if I'm very upset, maybe I won't eat But I'll drink my coffee Oh, yes, I will I <laughs> have my coffee but, you know, but I may not uh, want to eat so much. And um, then all of a sudden I become ravenously hungry, and, and I have to go shopping, don't I, because uh, I haven't bought enough food. And um, so, you know, so you see what happens with children, what happens with children um, is they develop all different types of disorders, and it can be mental they're looking, you know, the experts in the field of psychiatry are looking at the uh, disorders of people as they come in, even to um, places like Greystone when it was still up. They tore it down because of the, of the asbestos. And um, again, again, <gasps> those are my lungs. <laughs> so, you know, um, my building was the first to go. But I did, when I worked at all the places I worked at, I I would move around a lot because I had two kids to take care of. And no one could find my first husband. You talk about anger. There was no child support coming in, okay? So I would stay at certain places for a certain amount of time and always with my notes because in those days they had newspapers, okay? And, you know, looking always for a different type of job that would pay higher, and uh, I would go and apply for the job. People liked me. They'd hire me right on the spot. I didn't tell them about any of this stuff that we speak about on Nazca. I didn't want them to know about the things that I had gone through and all of us go through, children who have been abused. I didn't want them to know that. I might tell them a little bit about the de- domestic violence I saw, just to whet the whistle a little bit. Oh, whoa, she knows about domestic violence. Okay, she, she, she can work here, yeah, you know. And uh, then sometimes I would let more information out and other times I wouldn't. Not that I was embarrassed, Lori. It's just that I wanted to keep my job. I didn't want people to think that I was broken to the point where maybe, you know, there's maybe something wrong with me Because when you're beaten too much Or you're sexually abused too much Or, or you're you know, all the things that we go through Too much, okay, too much of it um, You have to realize It does something to us We know what it does to us We know how we feel Other people don't know about that stuff Unless uh, they live it themselves I have a Oh, that's the same number Okay, somebody else from your home I think is listening That's good Okay, so Um, What people have to understand is that when you are sexually abused, this isn't something you just get over it, okay? Yeah, I took care of my panic disorder, but there were other things that I had problems with. I wouldn't make eye contact. This is notorious for children who have been sexually abused or physically or mentally, emotionally, and neglected. Some of us have gone through all of that. I have, and as many others. I'm not unique at all. Okay, oh, we we don't want to make eye contact. It used to hurt me if I was to look at someone. My eyes would actually sting. <laughs> I don't know why, but they would sting. Well, believe me, I have made up for it, honey. I look at everybody now. All right. I have over the years I've healed, and um, I'm probably around ninety percent healed. You never totally heal. There's always going to be something. I don't care who you are. You can be vice president. You can be president. I don't care who you are. There's always going to be something from the past that you have a problem getting over. I I had a nightmare not too long ago. I thought it was over. Nightmares. That's ridiculous. It was a sexual nightmare. It was a bad one. I was being, I was being tortured. and you know, I didn't like this at all. It woke me up. Oh yeah, it woke me up. And in the past, I would have nightmares of being chased by many people. And then I'd come to, I, I was like in a hilly area, and I'd come to the end. And if I took one more step, I'd fall to my death. Well, luckily I woke up. Okay. <laughs> So those were my nightmares. And so it took me years to get over that, years. Do you have nightmares, flashbacks or anything? Lori, are you there? I don't know what's going on here. I think I lost the She has their phone. Okay, Lori, there you got me. Oh,
1: yeah, okay,
0: the phone good, cut good. Out. Oh, okay, but you heard what I yeah. was saying. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, I so got it so that bad that
1: oh, sorry, I got it so bad that for real I have to take a sleeping pill, and it never happens. one Not one single day that I don't have. Um, usually, some kind of scene. That it's like, I don't know where the scene comes from, but I'm always running away, trying to, you know, just escape whatever's going to happen to me. And it comes out all different areas. It, so, oh, yeah, night back, flashbacks, and then thank God I have a sleeping pill. That only works for, like, maybe four hours anyway because it keeps me up. I can't get those thoughts out because, for me, it was an everyday thing. I lived with my father. So it's not like I saw him once in a while and whatnot, but it seems when you get older, you're remembering when you were younger, for some reason, that's going around in this family cause I guess the kids, you know, they're really like uh, people now. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I'm older 60, so um, I got to let them be the ones to, you know, lead the way, so to speak. But for me, being from point A to point where I am now, yeah, I've been having nightmares. Oh, my God, as young as when I was in high school, I remember. And, yeah, every single night, you know, it had an effect on me. It can't not. Some people can actually compartmentalize, I guess, through therapy and whatnot, through talking, through channeling, through whatever it is they're doing, maybe even journaling and stuff, and maybe that will relieve things. But for me, I have no relief ever,
0: and I don't expect to. That's, That's hard. That's hard. I'm sorry. You know, I truly am sorry. But you, you don't sound um well, you don't sound too different than um phone calls that I get and um people just don't really get over a lot of the things that they went through as a child, they just simply don't. Now, with me I just get mad. I have a temper and if I start, you know like I get mad if I have a nightmare. And I, I, I say something obscene, and <laughs> I go over and go back to sleep, okay? I've gotten to the point where I can do things like that. I used to have them all the time, too, the nightmares. And then they got further apart. And I, I do think that um, it's a part of healing. That's the healing journey that we speak about. Uh, and I do think that uh, what happens is you realize that they're nightmares, um, it's not real it, The nightmare might be very much like what you lived It could be, okay You're going to have nightmares about what you were living And how you were living I was on the street And um, I used to have nightmares too about that But usually I was being chased by people in the woods And I haven't the faintest idea So where do I move? I move to a place in the woods I must be nuts But, you know, the point is That um, I'm not afraid of my nightmares anymore I just roll over if I have one and go back to sleep. But it takes a long time to get to that. And the same thing with the flashbacks. I don't have them anymore. I had them for a short period of time. And then I reasoned to myself, well, no one's standing here with a 45 to my head, so I don't have to really be scared. And flashbacks, we had someone come on the show years ago. I'm going to see if I can contact him. But um, he spoke about flashbacks, and he did it in a very good way because a lot of calls I get are about flashbacks. And uh, quite frankly, it's the brain releasing, you know, know, certain type of things for us to understand, you know, and, and you'll have a flashback or you'll have a memory, okay? Maybe you've had repressed memories for many years. You know there's something, like, missing. I know that when I was four years old that something happened to me on the boardwalk there at Coney Island. I do know that a man took me away from my mother who was standing there with other people, blah, 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 not looking at me. And you see, this is what these people do. He knew that no one was giving me any attention or looking down this river. I'm still there, for God's sake. He came over. He took me by the hand. And we went and we stood in line, so I was gone a while, okay, to get an ice cream cone. And um, all of a sudden, after I got my ice cream cone, he took his hands and he, I had a little dress on, he took his hands and he went all over my dress and said that it was wrinkled. Well, I don't believe the dress was wrinkled. I don't believe that for one minute. He just wanted, and and anyway, why would he do that, okay? Even if my dress was wrinkled, okay, that doesn't make sense. He wanted to feel my little body. I was four years old. There are such sick people out there that do not belong out on the street. He takes me back over to my mother and my, then as I thought to be my father, he wasn't my father either, and my mother looks down, and she looks up at this guy, and, why did you buy her an ice cream cone? He said, because she's cute. And he turned and walked away. And that was the end of that. But I do know that there's something else at the age of four. Now, my mind is evidently hiding that thing, honey, so that I, there's no way that I'm going to see it. And I really don't care. At this point, (laughs) you know, because what happens is, as we grow up, because we are so dysfunctional as people, and it's not our fault ever, 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 what we went through, but it affects our brain, it affects our our physical well-being. Um, every way that it can affect a person's body, it affects. Okay, that's why we have a lot of maladies, if I as I call them. Some people have heart trouble. Some people have trouble with their stomach. Um, you know, things that normally, that's not even the so-called family. You know, it's but you were the one that was, you know, abused. So therefore, your body is still screaming. The fibromyalgia that people speak about. I had it for some time, and I don't have it anymore. I haven't had a fibromyalgia attack for over three years now, well over three years. I don't know why, but it went away, and I'm thankful, okay? But that's, that's the body's way. Yeah, it is amazing. I think something that helped me that I ran across online, I was just, you know, like going across the web, and I came across these two doctors They were not selling anything, All right, these ads that we have online are very, very annoying, okay? I don't like them. Or they make you go to this website, go to that website to try and find an answer for something. Why are you bipolar? And then, you know, it says you have to go here, you have to go there, you have to go here. It stupid. Now, these two doctors worked together, and they were speaking about fibromyalgia. And the one doctor had it, and the other guy didn't have it, the other doctor but totally believed in fibromyalgia as people have it. It's not one of these things that the mind creates. It's the body screaming out. And that's what they said too. Now, the doctor who had the fibromyalgia was not a type of person who was going to tell his story. He just wanted people to know that it absolutely is true. It is out there. It does happen. And it's usually Because of abuse. That's about all he said about it. It wasn't an hour-long show or anything. But he did give a little background about his home life. He was one of many children, and there was always a lot of commotion. See, he would word things differently. Like, he didn't want to say maybe there was um, uh, domestic violence or anything in his family. Uh, And he said a lot of it wasn't pleasant. You know, he'd come out with things like that. He wasn't ready to reveal his story in his life, but he certainly had fibromyalgia. So he says it's not just a woman thing. It's a male thing, too, and many times it is linked absolutely to child abuse. So that's all he had to tell me. And then I realized that that at that time, that's why I had fibromyalgia. And that helped me, Lori, because then it it made sense, okay. Well, I had pains in my legs because, um, you know, I was kicked a lot. I was switched a lot. I had waltz a lot. My mother loved to beat me. I was supposed to clean up after my brother who was five years older than me. Why? And if I dared say, Why should I do that? He's five years older than me. That's it. Outside. Go pick a switch. And I learned that if the switch had brown in it, that I wasn't going to get, it wasn't going to sting as bad. And then she caught on to what I was doing, and she picked the switch. Okay? It took years for my my legs to not really have any um, scars. I have a few. I have a few left. They must have been deep or something, deep waltz or something. But when you live lives like that, you're going to have, your body's going to scream out. And I, I tell people this when they call me because I've learned that. And so those out there who have fibromyalgia, look back, you know, look back in your life if you can and, and see if you too were switched or you too had a belt taken to you or whatever the case might be. And it doesn't always have to be physical. It can be emotional, That's why we speak about the emotional side of child abuse, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the neglect, okay, and, of course, the sexual, all of that, the whole thing, the whole gamut, the whole thing. You have all those things, and your body is not going to be happy because the mind and the body work together. It's a network. Our whole body is a network that's why they come out with that old saying, if you hurt one finger on your hand, all your fingers hurt. It's a network. That's the easiest way I can, you know, show that. It's a network. So if you're being beaten, you're going to hurt all over. And many times you are hit all over. If you're sexually abused, you're going to have pelvic problems, okay, or you're going to have stomach problems. That goes along with sexual abuse with women, okay? I don't know if it goes with men, but it definitely goes with women. Um, you might have even lower back problems. That's that's a definite when you've been sexually abused. So you see, all these abuses that we talk about on NASCA, um, when the body is screaming out like, hey, enough, this is what I've gone through, I'm sick and tired of this, I can't handle it. Um, the body's screaming because it went through so much. So then the people turn to the meds. Okay, they turn to meds. I certainly turn to meds. As a child, um, people go into the families of those who are delinquent, the children who are delinquent, and see what type of family life they have, where they came from. I may have had very successful. Parents as far as business is concerned, but that was it. Okay, the neglect, the abuse, all the stuff, the sexual abuse too. That's why I ran away because of my brother who couldn't keep his hands off of me, or my friends. And then even later on, Lori, my daughter, had a friend on one of the latest farms and last farms that they bought, 35 acre farm. And uh, for flowers. Um, she had a friend come over one day to the farm. We were all down there in South Jersey. And um, my brother was up to his own thing, had that little girl down on the ground. We were all watching this from the window. My mother's standing there. Now, he didn't take her clothing off, but he had his hands where they didn't belong under her blouse, Okay. And I said, look what your son is doing. So she opens up the window and she said, now you cut that out. What are you, stupid? (laughs) Okay. So he cut it out. He took her to the other side of the house. See, this happens in families. He takes her to the other side of the house, and my son and his friend and I saw again he was doing the same thing to my daughter's friend. These things happen in families. Families have to be investigated first. Okay, that's number one. Number two, um, yes, children can get sexually abused and kidnapped and all the things that many of us have gone through without having anything wrong in their family. And that's why we try to teach on NASCAR to educate yourself so you can educate your children, and maybe just maybe they'll be a lot safer because they know the red flags to look for from adults and also from kids who are older in the family. My brother was five years older than me. So you see, people have to educate themselves, and they have to also to understand the significance, the the importance of understanding, you know, sexual abuse, what it does to a child. And if it's in the family, it's the hardest thing. I went into Sears some years ago when Sears was still around. Do you have Sears by you? I think it's gone everywhere.
1: No more. That's what Kmart turned into.
0: Yeah. A lot of the stores are disappearing. But anyway, I was over by the jewelry counter, and there was this lady – Who worked there And we were talking And I think I just started at NASA, And um, she asked me what I did And I told her and all this other stuff And told her all about NASCA Yeah, I remember now It was NASA. So anyway um, She said, well, I was abused And I said, well, where were you abused? And she said, well, in my family And I said, well, why didn't you tell on The person that abused you? And she said, because it would cause too much pain to the others. I said, okay. How many times have we heard that? People are I afraid to them. tell. Uh, they really? are. They really,
1: really are. I mean, to have my neighbor, who I thought was the strongest person, because she's succeeded mm-hmm. in school so well, to find out that she was abused by the guy that we warned the parents, you know, shouldn't be having his hands all over her, huh? you know, that brought her all the way home for me. You know, it's just like, it's a total, total shock. I can't imagine what it does. Uh, I mean, this girl was thinking about suicide. I had no idea about it. My, my husband told me that. I mean, because she appeared one way and the family tried to appear, on the up-and-up, but what went on in that house was not not on the up-and-up. But parents will stand by and watch that happen to their kids. I mean, my mother was always in the bed when my brother was raping my sister. How did she let it happen? They just do. You know, it, it's really got to be talked about even more than it is now. Because people still don't want to really... I don't know, acknowledge it. Maybe it could happen to their kid. They say, Oh no, I'm not here You know, a lot of people do that still. That has to change. That has to change. So we need some more to more educate the people. And this is mm-hmm. one of the avenues we do it. They'll get you'll get some education here. So yeah. yeah.
0: We have to do that. And and that's why we try to do that. I certainly try to do that and um i ha- i love having you as my co-host because you understand how important it is you know, right to educate people and um you know it, i i i tell this story every once in a while but there was a little girl in a neighborhood i think i told it about a month ago i'm going to tell it again maybe there's somebody new listening who knows but there was this little girl in a neighborhood and um It was a bunch of ranch houses I'm sure it was bigger than mine (laughs) Okay, mine's 1,200 square feet So, um, but anyway She was out in the yard playing with her friends And they were playing kickball or whatever And there was this van going around and around and around A a white van And uh, the little girl Had been spoken to By her parents So she's noticing that this van Is going around and around and around She's thinking, hmm But she continued to play with her friends the, finally they, they parked down the roadways This van There were two guys in there And they had picked this little girl out Okay, she was their prey This is their P-R-E-Y prey um, This is the girl that they wanted Because she, you know, she was just a pretty little girl Whatever Just like in the movie, the pretty little girl All right So they they were so brazen, Lori this is in daytime, okay? So they get out of their vehicle, and they approach the house where the kids are all playing, kickball or whatever the heck it was. And um, they were walking up towards this little girl, and the girl started to immediately scream. She knew that she was coming. they were coming towards her too close. She, and she had a shrill voice. <laughs> a lot of times little kids have a shrill voice. So she used her voice, which is what she was told to do, and she started screaming, help, 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 like this. Well, these houses were pretty close together, so people started to wonder what this screaming's all about. And still they didn't stop. So the one guy got close enough to her. I guess he thought he was just going to grab her and they were going to run like heck to get back to the van, which wasn't parked too far away. And she kicked him as hard as she could in the shin. And uh, that slowed him down a little bit. I guess she had a darn good kick there, and the police had already been called. They saw there was a problem. They saw the men in this yard. Okay, they figured it out. Now, this is what we need. We need an educated society. So what happened was, by the time um, they got back to the van, they took off, because <laughs> this little girl had kicked the one guy so hard, and she was, they were all starting to scream then, because they saw what had happened. I mean, they're right there playing. And so they took off. They didn't want to get caught. So they ran to the van. But by the time they got out of that complex, or whatever you want to call it, By the time they got out of that, they were already picked up, all right? The police department wasn't far away. There was a car that was going around doing his runs, his whatever. And he was able, and he called for backup immediately because this call came in, and it said that it looked like this little girl was going to be kidnapped, and so he got help quick. So um, they picked him up, and they, they put those two guys in jail. For attempted attempted kidnapping so you see if you don't educate your children about the signs if you don't teach them what to look for inappropriate touching touching the hair too much okay these they, they start real slow Okay, when it went, they're starting to groom a child. Oh, you have such pretty hair. You're such a pretty little girl. Or Oh, you're such a handsome little boy. Don't forget, boys get kidnapped too, whatever. So all these things happen. You know, they touch them on the shoulder. Maybe the next time, they're, maybe there's someone that lives right in the neighborhood. And he has his eyes on, say, this little girl. There are more girls that are kidnapped and raped than boys. However, it's getting closer. So, all right, so he has his eyes on this little girl. He actually can friend the family. He has a nice house. He has a nice car. He has a good job. They don't have to look like those out on, you know, the street that don't work or who are walking around or whatever. No, no, no. No, they can have a nice home, a nice car, and have a good job. And it's like when the full moon. When I worked at Greystone, we used to tease about the full moon because the patients would get nuttier around the full moon, okay? (laughs) It was the truth. I saw it in my own eyes. But it was like full moon for these people. They want this little girl or he wants this little girl. And don't forget, the pedophile can also be a woman. So they start getting friendlier with the kid. Like, what kind of games do you like? What do you like to do anyway? So maybe they'll go out and buy a toy for this kid and I give it to him. Let the parents see it. It's all right. Look what I got. I was in the store. I was thinking of of Sandy or whatever. And, and uh, you know, I got this for her. And then before you know it, maybe, maybe, the parents say, ah, go out, I'm going to take care of your kid. You two work so hard. Come on, I can, I can help. I can help. I know what it's like to bring kids up. They trust this person. They get the parents' trust. There's a whole way of doing things, and they take their time because they have time. When that child is in that person's house, they make the kid feel special. If it's a little boy, They might let the kids smoke, okay? Well, we won't tell mommy and daddy that we're doing this, but that's what big people do. And then maybe uh, you might let them have a few sips of beer. And then, of course, give them gum or whatever to cover it up. Before you know it, his hand is then down by the leg area, okay? After all, he's already touched them around the hair and the shoulders, and then his hand goes down to the leg area and all this other stuff, before you know it, it's in the kid's crotch, maybe the next time, or maybe he'll wait a little while, a week before he does that. He might start showing pictures to the child. Children need to know these things. And, of course, it's pornography. And it might be not hardcore pornography at first. He grooves them even that way, so that by the time they get to the hardcore pornography The kid already knows what to look for. And before you know it, then, yes, kids can get abused. Don't tell your parents. Remember, we're we're special friends. I love you. And then the kid starts loving him or her because that person is making them feel special. This is how I show you that I love you, okay? Okay. Now that's the whole grooming right there. Maybe he's one of three kids or she's one of three or four or five kids or eight kids, who knows how many kids. And each one doesn't get the same type of attention. Many times it's a child that feels a little bit like lack of love in the family. They're the ones that are going to walk with their head down because they don't feel like they were cared for enough. And like Bill likes to talk about, he'll speak about. The kids, uh, you know, they'll have their baseball games, and they'll have the water boy, okay? <laughs> they'll have the water boy, um, or the bat boy, the bat boy. He's not on the team really, okay? He doesn't have the same confidence as the one who's up at bat, all right? And those are the type of kids, because don't forget, pedophiles they they ha- they hang around schools. They hung around my courtyard in New York when, when I went to Staten Island School, PS 26 and Travis. I was out in the courtyard. Kids were allowed to leave the courtyard in those days. I'd go down the street and get me candy, wouldn't I? <laughs> you know how much I like candy. So I'd come back, and, and um, a quarter would buy me a huge bag of malted balls, which I loved at the time. And I'd give the candy out. Hey, kids are going to like me better. I'll give them candy. Well, maybe I'd only spend a nickel. I get a small bag. But the point is, I'd leave the grounds. Well, this guy's watching me. I'm easy prey. P. R. E. Y. And then he followed my city bus home. And then he sees that I get off at one point. He might. He probably. I'm sure this maniac came in, bought his wife a bouquet of flowers and went out the rest of the driveway and said, oh, if I pick her up at this end, she can come back down at that end and get on the houses in the middle. Victory Boulevard here, Signs Road there. So when people are out looking for children, they take their time, they investigate the area, whether it be a park, whether it be school, whatever. And then you have those that align themselves with jobs so that the children, um, you know, are right there. Camp counselors, that's something to watch out for. Background checks have got to be made on these people, good background checks. And then you have those that work in the school system. Could be a maintenance guy, okay? I've heard about cases like that could be anybody. It could be a teacher. I wish Huffington Post would bring back what I saw years ago because it was all female teachers. They decided to do a story on that. And here were all these teachers that gave lots of information, that part I liked, about each one of them. They ranged from being young to being middle-aged, to be a little bit older, and they were pretty. Some weren't pretty, doesn't matter. They were pedophiles and even get the background on the child that they were caught with, maybe at their apartment, or maybe on the school ground somewhere, wherever, maybe in a car. So you see, females can be just as bad as men. They can be. It's just that there are more men than women pedophiles. So these are the things that parents need to be educated about And unfortunately, have the parents that say, I am too tired, I come home, I just want want to chill, I don't want to think about, like you were saying before, I don't want to think about stuff like that. It's not going to happen to my kid. not going to happen to my kid. Those are the kids who are most in trouble because their parents don't think that it can happen to them. It can happen to any kid. It doesn't matter if they come from wealth like I did. It doesn't matter if they come from a poor family, although they are more at risk because they're not being watched, okay? There's too much stuff going on. Too much stuff going on in my house, and I was wealthy. I mean, they were wealthy. I wasn't wealthy. They were wealthy. It doesn't matter. So these are the things that have to be taught to people. I do presentations. I'm probably going to be doing another one soon. And I'm looking forward to doing that when I'm looking into it, because uh, school will be starting. School time is a bad time of the year, too, for kids, those that walk to school. You don't walk alone anymore today. Watch the TV. Watch the news. You can't even walk down the street, for God's sake, without getting bopped over the head. A 75-year-old woman, I was telling you about that. A 75-year-old woman's walking down the street, and this nut wants her purse, And he's dragging her on the pavement. Think about how that felt on her legs. Oh, my God. She has shorts on. 75 years old. This is the world that we live in. We cannot block it out anymore. We live in a world that's not the same as it was before. Uh, I will say one thing. There's always been problems. But things are much worse today than it was some years ago and a long time ago. It's always been here, Lori, okay, children being kidnapped. Um, As far as the trafficking is concerned, I'm going to do more uh, investigating into that, more research, because I think it's probably been going on for a long time. I remember people talking about it on TV who worked on the underground, and that was years ago. It just wasn't brought out nearly as much as it is today. This movie that I started this show with will educate people about the agents, and also, too, they're the ugly people out there who take children and ruin their lives because that's what they do. But there is hope because if those children are found in time, if they are, all right, if they are, then they can get help. And we are more open today than we were, say, like 10 years ago To child abuse But then you still have those stupid people I'm going to call them stupid Who don't want to look at it Who don't want to be bothered with it Who don't want to role play Who don't want to talk to their children Who don't want to teach their children And those children are at very high risk And it doesn't matter again Whether they're wealthy Whether they're middle class If it even exists anymore Or whether they're poor So this is a very important movie. And I did mention, you know, the names of places that you can look things up and find out the same thing that I just learned, okay? HHS.gov, that's one. H.H.S.gov. What is the fear in the human trafficking victims in their brain, the fear factor? Okay, and it tells you all the things that I mentioned before, and it all speaks about post-traumatic stress disorder. Because believe me, you're going to have post-traumatic stress, and it takes years to heal from being kidnapped. It takes heal, you know, years to heal from being trafficked out. It takes years to heal from any type of abuse. And that's what society has to understand. Our communities are important people. Your communities would be more open-minded to, hey, look, the kid down the block, I know he's being abused. There are, You can call the police department right away. You don't have to give your name. You don't have to be a, a professional mandated reporter. They're looking at it now, which I did a show on not too long ago, about mandated reporters. Everyone's a mandated reporter now throughout the state of of our country, everybody. You may not be in the same league as the teachers or the doctors, but you are your telephone call will be taken and you may have saved a life. You just don't know. And you don't have to give your name, but you've done your job. Now that's how community can help. They can keep their eyes open. They can teach their own children. In doing so, by doing so, that'll be less children who maybe are kidnapped and raped and trafficked, all the things that go with it. I think we're almost at the end of our show.
1: Are you there? I'm so rocked. Just so, gave so much information. You're just so good at what you do. (laughs) You're blown
0: away. (laughs) My <laughs> thank you. you and I'm you are some to kind of
1: educator. That, uh, I've never uh, really listened before with just the way your style, your information so accurate. You don't waste a minute doing anything else. You get the information out there. This is priceless, just being on the show listening to you. Mm, I was going right to to so see much. you later, but I could tell you now. <laughs>
0: No, I don't have to write it to you (laughs) Well, I I, I thank you for that But I've had years of training, Lori, okay I am a counselor I worked in detox and and birthday And boy, they sent me to school I didn't want to go to school, did I? I was still having panic attacks My flask went with me, nobody knew it (laughs) That's okay I got over that But they sent me to Princeton and, And I had a partial scholarship for UMD I had to go to school. But let me tell you something. I don't care how much schooling I had. And Greystone sent me to school, too. All of us had, to. That's why I was state certified. But let me tell you something. And this is unfortunate. But the best education comes from those of us who are survivors, which means whether you have the other education I just mentioned about, it doesn't matter. We walked in those shoes. We walked in those shoes. And this is why we can talk about it. And we give out the best education, even the professors that I worked under in universities. That's the truth. A lot of them didn't know as much as we know here at NASCA. So you see, this is why we have our voice and why we need to use our voice so that we can help kids so they don't end up going through all the stuff that we went through, at least you know, not all of them can we save, but we can certainly help a lot of people. And it all starts at home. Educate yourself. Go to that block I was talking about on the right-hand side of NASCA, N-A-A-S-C-A dot org, and not the last block, but the one right before it. Click onto it, and that's all about prevention and intervention. And you can learn all kinds of ways to speak to your children. How to speak to your children um, David Pittman um, Every time I use him I, I let him know I have his permission I don't even have to ask anymore But he tells you really good ways Of speaking to your children He's the one that talks about role playing and um, So that you feel comfortable And for God's sake Don't talk about the parts for what they are. Because I remember being in the police department in New York, and they said, well, where did they touch you? Or where did he touch you, rather? And I had the point. I didn't have names for my body. You have a head. You have shoulders. You have a neck. You have breasts if you're a little girl. You have a tummy. You have legs. And if you're a little boy, you have the same thing, only you have a penis. Okay? And it should all be said in the same manner. No giggling no corn it a cookie. Weren't we talking about that one night with a little girl, her vagina, they called it a cookie or some baloney. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and it is what it is. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about. If you're embarrassed and your child is touched because of your behavior, your child will not tell you. Okay. They'll go to somebody else, hopefully. So that's all I've got to say yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah absolutely right. Got to talk, got to tell. Well, I'm, I'm just so um, dedicated. We all are. We're all dedicated people on this show, okay? It's not just me. And um, we're trying to help people to understand um, why it's so important to teach your children, all right? What time do you have? Because my... Clock is always wrong on my computer. I have 9.30 what? No, I yeah, got 9.26. Oh, okay. So yeah. we have four minutes left. Okay. So anyway, people out there, whoever's listening, or if you're going to listen later, I hope this helps you to understand the significance of um, why it's so important to educate your children. Um, This is a a big, bad thing that's happening in our country. It's happening in all countries. And like I said before, you know, China is is a biggie, all right, for trafficking. Vietnam is another one. Thailand is another one. But we have our own problems in our own country, okay? That's why there's so many kids that are missing every year, okay? And um, this story, again, was about Tim Ballard. And he has an organization. He's the CEO of O.U.R. of the Underground Railroad Rescue. It's a mission. That's what it is. It's a mission for children and also for women. And he was a former Trump appointee, administration, whatever. And I, I remember when they were working on that. So... If we can get things back to normal and children can be taught and we can teach our own children, that's a big step right there in the direction of what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. As long as
1: there are people like you and us around, we'll get this going in some which way. I'll save one. One is important.
0: That's right. It's, it's up to the survivors. That's what I truly, honestly believe. I believe that. So the more survivors that get involved, you know, like with NASCAR or any of the other organizations, I don't care where you get involved with. But the objective is that we have to educate society. And our communities need to be a little bit stronger. And they need to know why. And that's where my mouth is going to go pretty soon, okay, with the community people. But anyway, okay. Our show is over. I've got the uh, sixty-second cue, so thank you so much for being on the show. And I think you rock too, by the way. Do. <laughs> <But Joe. laughs> yes, you do, Lori. You absolutely. Oh, I Learn from you. <laughs> well, I couldn't ask for a better co-host. All right, and you always mm. uh, see. I'm going to tell on you. Lori takes notes. Okay. And she knows what to ask, and that's why she always asks such good questions and makes good comments. She knows what she's doing.
1: Yeah, I so think I think it's a very well, welcome. Yeah, it goes smoothly. Getting the info yeah. out, I mean, using every ounce of uh, strength, whatever. you I mean, never met anybody as dedicated as you are. So, yeah, you rock. I am no, you love rock. rock. Too. You're the big rock.
0: <laughs> well, at least you're there. Yes, you are. We're 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 gone. No, we're not being recorded anymore. <laughs> I gotta shut this down. Well, you still well, you <laughs> Okay, oh, you know, Listen, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay, you, know you Take a break. I love you
1: lot. Yes.
0: I'm gonna go have okay. a coffee. I... Bye. Yeah. Bye. Good night, honey. <laughs>
1: that you got After all
0: that you Talk Radio.